Hi, this is Carrie. And this is Sandy. And you're listening to Crime, crime Bitches, Bitches Countdown. Countdown. <laughs> Every other week, we'll be discussing a different crime category and telling you the 10 most interesting cases, at least according to us. This week's category is familicide. For those of you that don't know, familicide is when a person kills multiple family members quickly. If all family members are killed, this is sometimes referred to as family annihilation. Take it away, Sandy. All right. So today I'm going to start with um, a case that most people know but may not know the, the guy's name. Uh, Ronald DeFeo Jr. Any idea who he is? Yeah, wasn't he the, um, oh, oh, there's a horror movie. Amityville. On, there you go, Amityville, yeah. Yep. So the Amityville horror, it, it very briefly goes into the actual crime, but it focuses more on the paranormal that supposedly the people who moved in after experienced. Yeah, good way to get away with a crime. Oh, <laughs> the, the ghost made me do it. He told me to. Right? Exactly. So, I'm not going to focus on the paranormal paranormal aspects. Sounds good. Um, I would rather just focus on the crime itself because, honestly, I kind of find it interesting. So, Ronald DeFeo Jr., he was born uh, September 26, 1951, and what's sad about that is that's my birthday, too. Just not 1951. <laughs> I was going to say, <laughs> you haven't told me your true age. No, I'm not that old. Um, and this took place in New York uh, in 1974, um, specifically November 13th. He was 23 years old at the time, and he went into a bar, local bar, and he said, you have to help me. Um, I think my mom and dad are shot. And so, of course, everybody freaks out and goes to the house. Naturally. And they find that the mom and dad are dead. Um, the police came after that. Of course, everyone called the police. Six family members total, dead in their beds, lying face down. The parents were shot twice, and all the kids were shot once. Um, I don't know if it was just the kids, it only took one shot. Well, that just begs the question. If they're all face down, how did he get them all face down? Like, you would think after one shot or two shots or, you know, however many shots, that people would be getting up from their beds and they'd be scrambling all over the house wondering what the hell is going on and what are all these gunshots about. So the fact that he managed to get them all to lay down in their beds, you know, and just managed to shoot them in their beds is very, very concerning. It is, and I, I don't really understand why no one woke up. And maybe they did, and he, he set the bodies that way. It's not clear. Um, no point. one has really really said anything about that. Um, I would think you would hear shots, though. How could you not? Yeah. So, in this case, he killed his father, Ronald DeFeo Sr., who was 43. His mother, Louise DeFeo, she was also 43. Sister Dawn, who was 18, Allison, who was 13, Mark, who was 12, and John, who was only 9. Wow. He claimed that he found the front door locked and he crawled through a window, and that's how he found them. Um, but this was about 6 p.m. that he'd said this, that this happened. At about 3.30 in the morning, he finally confessed. He tried to say he was insane at the time. Um, he was a heroin user also used LSD. Mm. So there's no, nothing specific that says drugs were the direct reason. Yeah, and but I'm, LSD is one hell of a hallucinogen. It sure is. He probably saw devils everywhere. <laughs> you know? He was really just shooting all the devils. That might have been what it was. Could be. Um, 
the thing with that, it, they never came out with a motive. They never said why he did it. And I don't think he ever admitted to the why part of it. So that's up in the air. Nobody knows. Um, he was convicted, six counts of second degree murder, and sentenced to six concurrent 25 year to life sentences. So concurrent being served One at the same the time. Oh, concurrent. Yeah, concurrent is together, consecutive is one after the other. So only 25 years for killing six members of his family? Yes. That seems like a grave injustice. It does, doesn't it? And, uh, well, actually, he died in prison uh, just last year, March 2021. When was he he scheduled to get out? I'm not sure off the top of my head. I'd have to look, but uh, I think a lot of times with cases like this, when you go out for parole, you just keep getting denied. So right. I think even if he was scheduled to be released, he probably would never have gotten out. Well, if it happened in in 1974, even if it, in an extreme case, it would have been a couple years from the time that he he would have actually been charged. So that would have, let's just say for shits and giggles, you know, 1980, then 25 years would have been, you know, 2005. That's true. That's very so, true. Why was he still in prison? That would have been longer than the 25 years, unless for some reason he got sentenced longer. I'm just going to go on a limb here and say when you kill your whole family, I don't think many people are itching to let you out. Probably not. <laughs> Probably not. And I would I would hate to be his cousin. Right? Could you imagine? <laughs> no, I would like, not. Let's want... have him over for dinner. What I also think is interesting is, again, I go back to how did he get them all laying face down in his bed in order to sh- shoot them? And I... If I remember correctly, it was a sh- it was a shotgun that he used. Yes. Okay, so that's not exactly a small shot. It's not a it's a quiet gun by any means. Yeah, it's not like you're going to put a so, silencer on that. I'm curious if they if they ever tested the, the the family for potentially having drugs in their system that he got them all to kind of like pass out and not wake up to these horrendous gunshots. I'm gonna guess on this, and I, and I obviously do not know this as a fact, but in the 70s, they probably looked at it and went, they were shot, end of story. Good point. They probably didn't even look much further than that. Good point. Because what do you, why does it matter at that point? He already admitted it. He said he did it. That's true. So cause of death at that point I guess is irrelevant. My curious brain goes into, how, how did you do this? And again, I think it, it leads to the, you know, premeditativeness if he drugged them ahead of time, knowing that he was going to... And, you know, what's the final trigger? What what makes you go, oh, today I'm going to kill my whole family? And that's my thing. Were you on drugs at the time? And that was never really clear um, whether yeah, he was actually sober or not. Um, it leads to a lot of questions, for sure. It does. And then when you put in the whole paranormal aspect, which is just beyond me. He's a murderer. He murdered his whole family. He admitted it as he murdered his whole family. Like, you know... You don't need to add paranormal to the fact. Um, yes, you do. That's how you make money. Oh, oh. <laughs> how else My were bad. they supposed to make money? I wonder if he made any money. No. Good. I'm pretty sure even then you there was a law that you couldn't benefit from your crimes. That's good. So About at least that's a law in justice. place. Yeah, because before people were able to benefit from their crimes and write a book and get that money, which exactly. is insane. So anyway, who's next on the list? Next on our list, his name is James Ruppert. Uh, he killed 11 people, which is a lot. Yeah. That's the nicest way I can say that. So this took place in Ohio. 
1975, so very close to uh, the DeFeo case. And James had some issues. He, he grew up very troubled. His mother picked on him all the time. Always told him she didn't want him. She'd rather have a daughter. Um, That's terrible. Yeah, I mean, I'm not excusing that saying, you know, this leads to people killing people. Because plenty of people have these problems and don't kill people. But. Certainly doesn't help the situation. No. No, it doesn't. So, at 16, he ran away. Um, He also attempted suicide by hanging and failed. And on a side note, how many times do you attempt suicide and fail before you just give up? How many times did he attempt? I believe a couple. Um, but but I don't know. Like, how do you fail so badly? That's a good question. Because, I mean, most people that are even attempting, I mean, are going to, you know, be pretty pretty adamant that they want to follow through. So they're going to be a little bit more, you know, cautious about how they do it so that they're successful. Exactly. Unless he truly didn't want to and really just was a cry for attention. He wanted to be found. He wanted to be saved in an effort to kind of... Um, try to prove his, you know, how, how disturbed and how, how bothered he really was. Yeah, that's true. So as an adult, he was, he was fairly short. He was five, five and his brother was successful and also, uh, decided that a good idea would be to marry James's ex-girlfriend and have eight kids with her. Oh, that's so that not going to set anybody off or anything? <laughs> that kind of messed with his head a little. And, yeah. and he was pretty jealous of his brother and everything his brother did. Um, He dropped out of college. And I think part of that is just he felt like he was never going to be good enough. And he trained as a draftsman. But come 1975, when this took place, he was unemployed. He was never married. And he still lived with his mom. And at this time, he would have been 41. Wow. So, um... You know, never married, fine, unemployed and living with your mom is, at 41, like, you want to have a job, at least. Yeah. Uh, But he apparently had a a pretty bad drinking problem as well. Well, that'll contribute to that not having a job thing. And because he didn't have a job, he owed his mom and his brother a lot of money. So his mother said, I'm going to evict you if you don't get it together. Um, Reasonable mother thing to say. So, I think this stewed for a little bit, and on Easter uh, 1975, which fell on March 30th, his brother brought his wife over and their eight children to the mom's house, and they were going to have dinner, but he stayed upstairs sleeping because he was drunk and hungover, and the family had an Easter egg hunt on the front lawn. As the day went on, he pretty much just was upstairs and didn't interact with anybody. But around 4 o'clock, he woke up, and the first thing he did was load a three fifty-seven and two twenty-two handguns and a rifle, because you need lots of firepower. Apparently. He shot his brother, Leonard, in the head, and his wife, uh, Alma, shot her, um, also in the head, shot his mother in the chest and the head. This is just all on the front lawn? This is in the house. They were in the kitchen. Oh, Okay. I'm sorry, I apologize. They were in the kitchen. Um, then he killed the kids. He killed David, who was 11, Teresa, who was 9, Carol, 13. And then he went into the living room, and he killed Anne, who was 12, Leonard Jr., who was 17, 
Michael, 16, Thomas, 15, and the youngest one was John, 4. Which I don't understand how you can kill a child. I mean, I don't understand how you kill anybody, but to kill a little... A yeah, little I mean, kid blows my mind. I get his vendetta against his brother and stuff like that. And his mother, I mean, her being the way she was toward him, I, I almost understand. But what what his his nieces and nephews, they didn't do anything to him. Right, exactly. And so you're killing these kids. Like, I don't, I don't even understand it. So he just sat around for a couple hours, had a beer. Um, like and, you do after you kill your family. Well, what else would you do? And then he called the police and pretty much turned himself in. So he got charged with 11 counts of murder, and he was sentenced to life in prison. But then he had a second trial. And um, the second trial, he got 11 consecutive life sentences. So that would be one after the other. Right. So he ain't never getting out. Well, then he had another trial. What? How's he getting so many trials? (laughs) That's what the appeals... Appeals courts do. How do you I mean, appeal when you admit you killed 11 people? What is there to appeal? That you have ineffective counsel or, you know, that you somebody used the wrong word. people. You would be amazed. Um, There's so, something wrong with our court system when this is the case. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Um, so he was found guilty in this appeal uh, of two counts of murder for his mom and his brother. But for everybody else, he was found not guilty by reason of insanity. So he killed the first two, then went crazy and killed everybody else. No, no, he was crazy. Oh, no, you're right. Okay, yes, you're right. No, that makes no sense. So he he was was completely aware of killing his mother (laughs) and his brother. But then his his sister-in-law, he just went absolutely nutso. No, it sounds like he was nutso before. Maybe it was like, what is it? Uh... Pringles, one can <laughs> You stop. just can't stop. I'm just wondering. Oh, I'm probably makes... going to get sued for that. Yeah, no, um... that makes no sense how you can claim insanity for the other. You obviously had, if you're loading that many guns and that much ammo, you obviously have intent beyond just one or two people. So, uh, at the time, the death sentence was suspended. So that was why he didn't get a death sentence. And with this new trial he only got one life sentence for each of the two counts of murder consecutive so that's not very so he still has two life sentences but life sentences in the u.s are different like i feel like we should have actual life which other countries have where we have 25 it's i forget exactly how many years it is but a life sentence is not a life sentence well then why call it a life sentence i wish i knew who are these people who make these rules that seems so crazy. And why would you ever want to let a person out that has killed 11 people already? Isn't that kind of like against the justice system where you're giving him the opportunity to go do no, it again? No, he killed two people and then was crazy. Oh, my bad. So here's the thing, though. Um, so that was in 1982 when he was sentenced to life. In 1995, he was eligible for parole. What? Exactly. But his parole was denied. Uh, Thank God. 20 years go by, and he's eligible for parole again in 2015, and it was denied. Oh, goodness. He'll be eligible again in 2025. But at that point, he'll be 90 years old. Note to self, don't go to Ohio in 19... or... 2025. 2025. I don't think you should go to Ohio anyway, and I'm just going to tell you that... (laughs) 
Some of given, those cases out there given are bad. your first two cases are kind of in the same area. Well, and having been through Ohio, I'm sorry, anybody that's from Ohio, there's nothing in Ohio. So, you know, maybe this is what they do for fun. Could be. Terrible rationale for fun, but. Uh, so that's James Ruppert. Wow. Killed everybody. Again, I hate to be his cousin. Yeah. Now, this next one is crazy. And I remember this case, actually, when it happened. Because the first two weren't crazy. Not crazy like this. This is oh. crazy in a whole new way. That's intriguing. Um, it is. It is. So, this is a guy named Marcus Wesson. And Marcus was a little loopy. Okay. He was in California. So, you know, hippie time. Although this was in 2004. Oh. So, that's why I say I remember. Se- we were old enough to remember this. Out of the 70s. Cool. Um, he... Had an interesting history. He had met this woman. Her name was Rosemary. And she had eight children already. Ooh. So he moved in with her. They were having a family together. And he had a son together um, with her. And in 1974, he began abusing her eight-year-old daughter. Her name was Elizabeth. So he was abusing Elizabeth. And when she was 14, he was 27. And he married her. Wait, okay, there's so much wrong here. There's a lot wrong so, here. Sorry, I gotta go back. So he yes. initially moved in with her when? He moved in with Rosemary, and they had a son together around 1971. Okay, so this was in the 70s. So apparently, all familial sides, so at this point, all <laughs> happened in the 70s. No, no, so no, were... <laughs> no. This happens in 2004. Well, the killing happens in 2004. <laughs> Apparently. The incest. Well, it's not incest because it's not his kid. So, the the marrying a 14-year-old happens in 1974. So, if did he marry the, the woman he moved no, in No, he with? never married her. Okay, so he didn't marry her. He just married her daughter yes. way better. Yep. How, how old was she at the time? You said 14. 14 and he how was did, 27. How did that legally even happen? How did her mother, like, be like, okay. Right? I don't understand. Like, I don't understand it, but... So much wrong going on here. Exactly. Okay, keep going. So, so it gets worse. <laughs> oh, God. Four months later, mm-hmm. after they got married, she's 14, they had their first child. Oh, dear God. Yes. This poor child. Yep. Well, it gets worse. They had 10 children together. <gasps> One of them died in infancy, but that's a lot of kids. That's a lot um, of kids. Like, a lot of kids. And then, so, he was raising the eight children with Rosemary... And then, now he has ten children with Elizabeth. Okay? Are they all in the same house? I don't know if Rosemary's eight kids. I think at, at this point, her eight kids, a lot of them are grown. So, they're not all in the house. No, these people aren't having children. They're having litters. But, it gets worse. Because Elizabeth had a younger sister who had some issues. She had some drug problems. And so, she was like, hey guys, I'm going to dump off my seven kids with you. Oh so, my now... <laughs> There's their ten children plus, plus seven. the seven. Okay. Don't you need, like, state licensing for that many kids in a house or something like, like that? Like, you would think so, right? Because that how do you fit that many people into a house? Fit, clothes, feed, like... Drive. Like, I've always wondered, like, families, big families. How do you go to a restaurant? I guess maybe you don't when you have a huge yeah. family like that. Who can afford it at that point? Right, exactly. Unless all kids under 25 eat free. <laughs> <laughs> That's perfect. That's what we need. A restaurant that serves large families. Exactly. Um, so, of course, you know, he's got millions of children that he's taking care of. So, he lives off welfare. Um, like you do. 
when you have 17 and, children. Uh, you know, because that's not necessarily enough money, especially to take care of all these people. Of course. He made his adult children work and give him all their money. And I don't know why any of them didn't say no, but they didn't. Um, he was very abusive to Elizabeth. There's speculation about if he was abusive to the kids. Um, he told Elizabeth she couldn't be involved in her children's upbringing. That he was to be responsible for that. How was she uninvolved? She wasn't allowed to talk to them about school. She wasn't allowed, like, she was their mom and she could feed them. But she couldn't really teach them the ways of the world. Oh, jeez. And because he's him, uh, he homeschooled them. And taught them from a handwritten Bible that focused on Jesus being a vampire. <laughs> <laughs> so, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> so he used flashcards and old textbooks and taught them. And uh, he believed that Jesus was a vampire. And that was the religion that he taught them. Well, you know, it is, you know, a day before Easter, resurrection. I guess it just makes logical sense that if this guy's coming back from the dead, he must be a vampire. Zombie would have been the other option. But I guess there's a little bit more allure to, to a vampire versus zombie. Yeah, it's, uh, I, I got nothing there, man. <laughs> I got nothing. Where do people come up with these things? Right. So Jesus is a vampire. Nice. He also taught his children to be ready to die if they were ever separated and told to be ready to kill. So they were raised this way. Wow. Told them uh, to prepare for Armageddon. Had them call him master or lord. Told the girls they were destined to be his wives and taught them oral sex at eight or nine. Oh my goodness. So clear. And, and these are his daughters too. Um, not just like the nieces. It, this, there's a lot of incest happening. Clearly, he never learned anything from the English monarchy. <laughs> wow. Um, Sorry, I love England, but, you know, marrying within the family, not spreading genetic lines, usually doesn't end well. It's true. It's true. Um, the girls were also not allowed to speak to their male siblings or their mother. He wanted to keep them separated. And I think it has a lot to do with the brainwashing. Yeah, control. Mm -hmm. um, didn't want their mother's interjections in there. And definitely didn't want the, the siblings to talk to the girls or mm -hmm. have any kind of interest. Because clearly, if there's incest happening, I mean, you've right. been raised around it. Right. So. Well, and when you think about it, I mean, their mother is really their only tie to the outside world other than what they've been taught. So, for all they know, I'm sure that they think this is completely normal. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and, and you're talking about kids who were uh, between the ages, I want to say, of like 4 and 17. Mm. I could be wrong, but I want to say that was how old some of them were. There were some young ones. So, uh, he raped two of his daughters and three nieces, all at the age of 8. Wow. They would all later become pregnant. Oh, he had multiple children with like multiple daughters and nieces. So on March 12th, 2004, there were some, some things going down. Some shit was happening. Uh, some of the girls were kind of mad and they wanted their kids back. Gee, they, why? Had, <laughs> they had left and it was two of the nieces. Um, they had left their children with him, but they realized that was a bad idea. And so they wanted their kids back. They went to what they called the compound. 
um, which is never, that's the beginning of the end. Um, <laughs> if you have a compound, you're I'm doing some saying. fucked up shit. Just saying. How many compounds have you heard of that are a good thing? Nope, never. So, uh, they're over there, they're demanding the kids. The police get called. Good. Um, Marcus Wesson says, hold on, I'll be right back. And he goes in the house. Somehow I don't think he's going to be that cooperative. No, no. Two hours later, because the police did nothing for two hours except wait. What was there, a Dunkin' Donuts right next door? There might have been. They didn't mention a Dunkin' Donuts, so I don't know. But uh, two hours later, he comes back covered in blood. Completely just drenched in blood. The police obviously took him. He didn't resist. They arrested him. And uh, they went into the house, and they found two of Wesson's daughters, and seven of their children were dead. All of them were shot through the eye. The eye? The That's eye. That's interesting which is, one. It is, right? Like, Wonder, I don't understand. You know, is that just because he's trying to get the brain, and, and that's someplace soft to go through? And why would they, again, I understand brainwashing, and I get that whole thing, but I would think that your will to survive would overcome in those situations. And if the police are standing outside for two hours while he's doing all this, they never heard a shot, they never heard a scream. Now that's up for debate because there were neighbors who said they clearly heard shots and the police report says they didn't. So it's kind of up in the air. It's like he said, she said, I'm mm. with you. I would think you would have to have heard something. Yeah. But when you hear the ages of these kids, you're gonna see, understand why there was probably not much resistance. Um, so, after he shot them all, he put them in a bedroom that was filled with antique coffins because, for some reason, they had a whole bunch of coffins and they used them as tables, beds, all kinds of stuff. And these were the coffins that they would be buried in. I have so many questions. I have a lot of questions, too, but you know what? I've just decided that he's crazy and yeah, he's Jesus a, is a vampire. So he's, <laughs> he's a special kind of crazy. He is. He is. So, I want to tell you the victims. Um, because I, I do think that talking about the victims is very important. Of course. Uh, so Sabrina Wesson, she was 25. She was the oldest. Elizabeth Wesson, not the wife, a daughter. She was 17. Illabel Wesson, who was eight. Aviv Wesson, seven. Jonathan Wesson, seven. Ethan Wesson, four. Marshy Wesson, one. Jeeva Wesson, one. And Sedona Wesson, one. These kids were so young. Babies. You're talking so, babies. So young. And and even the more adult, the 25 and the 17-year-old, I mean, they had no shot at life. No. Not at all. Not at all. It's such a shame. And so what happened at the trial was the defense put on this case that they said, well, he didn't exactly shoot them. Um, Did the one-year-old do it? The 25-year-old. They said Sabrina shot everyone and then she committed suicide. And he was just there. He just, I guess, watched. I don't know. What did he do? Just take a bath and all the bodies that he ended up so maybe maybe blood? he was trying to hug them and bring them back because vampires. I don't know. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, Mm-mm. you don't buy that story. No, sorry. Okay, well, I don't know. So and yet, okay. So if you're a 25 year old that's been brainwashed your whole life, that's been raped, had children. And is watching, now watching your own children suffer the same fate that you suffered, you're not going to kill the one man who caused it all. Hmm. But if you are Somehow, that brainwashed, I, I mean, believe in it. 
I don't know. If you're that brainwashed, I could see that. Honestly. Mm. So he got convicted. Nine counts first degree murder. And what I was glad to see is that they did uh, charge him as well. He got 14 counts of forcible rape and molestation. Good. Um, I A lot of times when you have deals like this where it's a murder case, they will drop those other charges. But I feel like it was so important to have those charges in there. Yeah, it was, so, it was such a big part of the whole warped nature of who he was and how he he treated his family. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So I was kind of glad that they, they still kept those charges because a lot of times you see that dropped. Um, and no offense, I, I hope that uh, the publicity in allowing those charges to stick carried on to prison. If you get my drift. I do. I do. And and I totally 100% agree with you. <laughs> However, I sadly don't think that's the case. I mean, people might Darn, know. And he might have yeah. got his ass kicked. But he's still kicking as far as I know. Um, he was sentenced to death. But you know how the death penalty works. And it takes forever. So in 2005, he was sentenced to death. He's still going. So. Yeah, again, there's just so much fucked up like I, I as a psychologist i think i would want to study this guy just to figure out how the hell his brain works because you got to be some sort of special fucked up to get to to, to get to be, be where he was like i just want to hear his his ideas about jesus being a vampire <laughs> i'm sorry i i'm fascinated by if it he's the, if jesus is a vampire then what's god and the holy spirit and what are what were all the um well it was a handwritten bible too so i mean he just made this up as he went i maybe he watched twilight oh wait twilight <laughs> twilight wasn't out that it wasn't right. out yet <laughs> he did not get maybe that's sparkly. where twilight came from maybe Good point. <laughs> That's how vampires are sparkly in the sun because they're resurrected. See, see, we figured it out. Now we have solved that the mystery. That totally puts Twilight in in a totally different perspective. Anyway, Indeed, it does. Right. Let's move on to the next one. Well, the next one, he was uh, at the time, at least, and I I don't know if it's potentially still true. He was considered the worst mass murderer in Arkansas history. His name was Ronald Gene Simmons. Um, I've actually read about this guy multiple times. He was... You mean not the guy from Kiss? No. Oh, okay. Just checking. That's just Gene Simmons. Oh, oh, sorry. This is Ronald Gene Simmons. Oh, that makes... Yeah, that's such a distinction. Sorry yes. about that. Sorry yes. about that. I'm pretty sure he looked nothing like him either. <laughs> no, no makeup or, you know. Um, I'm gonna tell you right off the bat, he killed 16 people over the course of a week. Wow. 14 of which were family members. Um, one was a co-worker and one was a stranger. And he also wounded four other people. Um, born in 1940, so at about 17, he dropped out. He joined the Navy. He was stationed in Washington where he met his wife. And they had seven children over the next 18 years. Um, so I'm starting to think people who have a lot of children go crazy. Does it feel that way? It does. It does. Hmm. So maybe keep your, maybe big maybe keep your baby are the low. I don't know, because like 19 and counting, like they're... I don't even know what number they're up to now, but... Yeah, but aren't they in the news for all sorts of weird-ass shit, too? Well, weird shit, but not killing people, as far as I know. Yet. Okay, you win. You win. <laughs> that is true, and I can't even argue that. <laughs> so, he retired... He left the Navy in 1963 and joined the Air Force, where he retired in 1979. In 1981, he was investigated by Human Services in New Mexico for allegations that he had a child with his 17-year-old daughter. Caught you. So, if you're accused of 
molesting your daughter and having a child with her, what's the first thing you do? You run. You run away. Because oh, naturally. You're a pussy. Yeah. Um, he fled to Arkansas at that point. Because nobody's going to care in Arkansas. <laughs> I'm not even touching that. I'm not even touching that. You can't make me. That was a joke. It was a joke. <laughs> so they get a 13-acre lot of land. And they called it Mockingbird Hill. And that's where they were. That sounds like such a nice place for what I can't imagine ended up being that. Oh, oh, it's bad. So they had two mobile homes. They put them together um, to make one large home. They had no telephone, no indoor plumbing. And they had put up a big makeshift privacy fence, so it was ghetto fabulous. Oh, gotta love that. What year was this again? That was in 1981. Oh, so we're just getting past the 70 crazies. Yes. So in 1987, right around Christmas, it was uh, December 22nd, he killed his wife, Becky, and his son, Gene. Then he killed his three-year-old granddaughter by strangulation. The the wife and son, Gene, he killed with a pistol. Strangled the three-year-old granddaughter. A couple months before this had happened, he had had the children dig a hole and said it was for an additional outhouse. Because, you know, once you fill up your outhouse, what you going to do? Build your shit out of luck. I like yeah, that one. That was I see bad. where you went with <laughs> Yep. yep. <laughs> um, so he actually had them dig a hole, which unfortunately would become their grave, which is just terrible. So this son, Gene, was that the son that he had with the 17-year-old daughter? That is not clear. Got it. Okay. That is not clear. Um, I think that was a baby at this time. Hmm. Um, well, at least she got out. So he took their or bodies. She. He took their bodies, threw them into the hole, um, which was a cesspit. Mm-hmm. So that's very uh, dignified. Yeah. Then he waited for the other kids to come home from school um, and told them, because it was around Christmas, he was like, I have a present for you, but I have to give it to you one at a time because it's a surprise. So one at a time, he took them outside and killed them all. Um, Mm -hmm. Started with 17-year-old Loretta. He strangled her and then held her head underwater in a rain barrel. And then in succession, took the following kids, Eddie, Marianne, and Becky, and killed them the same way. So a couple days goes by now. You know, that was a long day. He needs some time yeah. to rest. Yeah, that's a lot of killing in one day. And it's Christmas. I mean, hell. Celebrate, man. Absolutely. Christmas tree on the dead bodies of my family. <laughs> wow. <laughs> this is a new Christmas song? <laughs> Let's not make it popular. <laughs> so December 26th, some of his family arrives for Christmas. You know, they have plans. Obviously, you want to go spend time with your family. So his... I don't know if I want to spend time with his family. Uh, you don't. His son, Billy, who was 23, came over with his wife um, and their son. And he shot both Billy and his wife, Renata. And then he strangled and drowned their 20-month-old son, Trey. Wow. Again, a child. How? How? I just, I will never understand. They're so innocent. They haven't done anything. Like, how can you have so much negativity and rage towards something so small and helpless? The only way I can I can see it is if it was a mercy thing, like you thought you were doing them a favor, but I this is all rage. Yeah. Yeah, totally. So, um, kills them. Then he kills his oldest daughter, Sheila, which is the one that he had a child with. Mm. She had gone off and gotten married and was having her own family. Um, she came with her husband and her child. 
um, well, two children, I believe. She was 24 at the time. He shot her, shot her husband, Dennis, who was 33, strangled his child that he had with Sheila, who was seven at the time. Uh, her name was Sophia. And also his 21-month-old grandson, Michael. Wow. He yeah. obviously cares nothing about familial ties, regardless of how they're related. I mean, how do you wipe out an entire family? It blows my mind. But and like, And I, I just wonder, did he have siblings? Like, what was his upbringing like? And how did he make it so... I always wonder what the trigger is that finally breaks people. Well, it goes back to that whole nature versus nurture argument that is, right. like, the pinnacle of everything I want to know. Why? Yeah. Why? What drives you to do things? Right. Um, so, he took the bodies and he laid them out in a row in the lounge. And he covered them all with coats except for Sheila. She was covered by Becky's nicest tablecloth. Now well, that's interesting. Right. And I think it was because he loved her. I mean, in, in the sick, twisted way. I was going to say, um, I, I love, I think, is a big stretch because he killed all of them, including her. But I think he felt more for her than he did his own wife. I'm it's, not excusing this, right, and it's totally gross, but, but why it, else would he do that? No, there has to be some other tie to her to make her special to him mm -hmm. that he 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 did have that you know i want to do something special for you even if it's creepy and in death. yeah it's not even like you did something cool you gave her a tablecloth it's a tablecloth wow yeah. you didn't like put her in her best outfit or i don't know like not that i can think of anything that would be a good thing to do at that point but no because you still killed her so no yeah. matter how much you cared for her, it wasn't enough not to kill her Yep. So, 20-month-old uh, Trey and 21-month-old Michael, they got wrapped in plastic sheeting, and he put them into abandoned cars that were at the end of the lane. Don't know why, but he's, he did. abandoned cars? I think they were. I think they were just, like, on the lot of land they had. Um, and then he said, well, it's been a long day. I'm gonna go to the bar. Like you do. Like you do. He went to have a few drinks. And he came blow home. Blow off some steam. Absolutely. Because you didn't blow off enough yet. Right. After that, he came home, and he was like, all right, well, I'm going to watch some TV and keep drinking. So, that's what so, he did. So, are they still in the living room at this point? Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. So, he's just chilling. I'm just imagining him sitting back in his recliner with his foot up on Becky or whoever it is. Oh, no. That's terrible. <laughs> that is horrible. That's terrible. But I can't imagine this guy can feel much of anything. No. After How could done. you? How could you? So, that was December 26th. December 27th, he just spent the day being drunk. Because you do. Yeah. But December 28th, I guess he felt a little... What's the word uh, my husband uses? Froggy. <laughs> so he decided to go out. Um, and he thought, well, I'll drive down to Russellville and I'm going to go into this law office. It was Peel, Eddie, and Gibbons Law. And he killed the receptionist, Kathy oh. Kendrick. Now, the reason he killed Kathy is because he was infatuated with her. Even though he was married and screwing his kids he wanted to be with her and she told him no um i'm sure she had very good reasons uh uh yeah um the creep factor would be a big one huge the fact that he's married had a, a kid with his daughter you yeah. know all those things might factor into her wanting to not have anything to do with him so he killed her because that's what you do um then he went to an oil company office and he shot and killed jd chaffin and wounded the owner Drove to a convenience store he worked at before and shot and wounded two more people there. 
Okay, so what's the connection with the oil place? I think he, he got oil from them. Oh, I, I buy oil from you. You all must die! Yeah, I think... I'm not... Don't hold me to that, because I'm not 100% sure. I hate to be the water company or the power company. Yeah, right? Exactly. So, then he goes to Woodline Motor Freight Company, which I believe was a place he had worked. And um, he shot and wounded one woman. And then he sat down in the office with another woman and was just talking to her. And, I mean, he had a gun. He just sat there talking to her, put down the gun, and was like, I'm done. I've killed everybody I want to kill. Call the police. So, at this point, he's killed his entire family. Yes. He's now on a killing spree throughout town. And nobody's getting wind of it yet and trying to track him down before, you know, he goes to yet another place he used to work or, you know, another utility company that provides him and starts killing people. the defense of the police. I don't know how far apart these places were, but it probably happened pretty quick. It was probably a walk-in, shoot, walk-out. And so by the time they got there, you know, but I felt bad for this woman who was stuck in a room with him like trying to have a conversation how terrified like you can't say and you say the wrong thing and you're dead how do you deal i can't imagine that woman's therapy bill um i would have peed myself <laughs> to say the least <laughs> but then again i probably would have been afraid to do that because god forbid he smelled the urine he might kill me for that well kudos to her because he didn't kill her um and the police showed up and he surrendered so that was good But he was charged with 16 counts of murder. He got the death sentence. And he refused to appeal the death sentence, which a lot of times creates problems in prison. Because when you refuse to appeal, it kind of looks bad for everybody else. Like, you appealing your death sentence can help everybody else's cases by, uh, if the laws change. If things change because of your case. But he refused to appeal. He said, I don't want to. I just want to die and be done with this. What? Wait. Uh, back up. I don't understand that in the slightest. He should get the death sentence. I mean, why should he rot in prison and, and mooch off taxpayers' money when he's killed 16 people? Do you want him out running around? Well, now you're getting into a whole other topic that we might have to cover sometime, which is about the prison system and how much more it costs to kill someone versus keep them imprisoned. Um, actually, I think I might have that reversed. Keeping someone in prison is so much more expensive, especially the longer they live. Exactly. So, I, so I understand. Like, the if problem he had an is ounce the, of morality, like I, I'm impressed that he he was just like, let me take the dust on. I can't imagine what was so fucked up in his brain that he he went to these extremes. And like, why aren't you know why didn't he get help if he knew he was obviously. You know, by accepting his death sentence, he accepts responsibility, at, would seem he accepts responsibility for his actions. You could look at it that way, or you could look at it as selfish and he doesn't want to live with himself. Because I also think about that. That you is know, a good he, point. He's That's a mad at, he doesn't want to think about it. Why Very should true. he? Um, so, so I'm wishy-washy on it. Like, I, I do believe in the death penalty when you can absolutely prove a case. Agreed. Um, but there are too many... Too many cases out there where innocent people have been put to death. Agreed. And the other problem I have with the death sentence, especially now, is the delay in actually carrying it out. So, yeah. in this case, he killed them in 1987, and in 1990, he died by lethal injection. Wow. So that was years. No, 13? no, three. Oh, 1987 three. to 1990. Oh, I'm sorry. But now that would never happen. Right. Um, so, three years isn't, isn't terrible. That's mm-hmm. actually pretty quick. 
um, especially for some states. So, and no one claimed his body because why would you want to? Who would be there to claim he killed everybody? Brothers or sisters or parents, who knows? assuming he had any at that point. That's true. That's true. Wow, that's a, that's different. Yeah, and sad. It kind of makes me rethink about all my relatives. Anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Do you want them to hear this? Oh my gosh. I think I'm going to spend Easter by myself tomorrow. (laughs) I don't trust any of you people. Right. Just lock yourself in a room and don't come out. (laughs) Yeah, apparently that's the only way to be. So, next I'm going to tell you about a case that most true crime people will know. At least they'll know the name of. Because it was a pretty big case um, and it, it covered many years. Um, and this is the case of John List. Have you ever heard of John List? Can't say that I have. All right, well, this was in New Jersey. Well, too close. Yeah. Too yeah. close. <laughs> Way too close. <laughs> um, John met Helen during his military service, and she already had a daughter named Brenda. And then they had three kids together. Uh, November 1972, he killed his whole family with a semi-automatic handgun and his father's twenty-two revolver. He, uh, just had it, I guess. The did, kids... Were they screaming? Were the kids screaming? Just as, well, did his wife mess up the pot roast? The kids were at school, so they weren't aware at first. He shot his wife, Helen, who was 46 at the time, in the back of the head. So she probably didn't, didn't even, even see, see it coming. Um, then he shot his mother, Alma, who was 84, above her left eye. So she did see it coming. Quite literally saw it coming. Yes, unfortunately. Then his two kids came home from school, um, and he shot both of them in the back of the head. That was Patricia, who was 16, and Frederick, who was 13. But remember, he had three kids with her. So he ate lunch after this, because you get hungry. Yeah, killing, killing exhausts you. Kind of it works really up does. an appetite. It does. I mean, you've got to stop and eat, because yeah. that's definitely the first thing Nutrition I think Nutrition is important to, it is. to murderers. It is. I mean, how else can you get through your day? True. So, he ate lunch, then he went to the bank, because you got to close accounts. I mean, you got to get that money. Yeah. You don't want Before the bank to have notices. It. And then he went to the high school and watched his son, John, who was 15, play soccer. That's interesting. Right. Like, hmm. you could have picked John up and been like, there's an emergency at home. Right. Or and... something, but you actually sat and watched the game after you just killed four people. So, four? it makes me yes. think that four. he had some sort of affinity to John, at least a little bit. I don't know, or he was just trying to keep it normal, as normal as possible, because if he said there was an emergency, maybe that would clue people in to... Good point. You know. But I wonder how how many times he went and just watched his kid play soccer. I don't know. I don't know. And then he drove John home, and this is... I can't even understand how you could be in the car and driving him home and not... I just... You're planning to kill him. Like, I don't understand. So they get home... And he shot John repeatedly in the face and chest ten times. Uh, John did try to defend himself. I think he was the only one who didn't, or or saw it coming and and had the Mm -hmm. foresight to try to defend himself. Um, So he was the one who had the most shots. But also that, like, okay, so that's a conflict. Like, 
he sat and watched his kid play soccer and then he came home and he didn't just shoot him once or twice he shot him 10 times yeah which would make you think that he's got some a bigger vendetta against this kid than all the rest well i don't think so i think it's really just john fought back and i think he didn't expect them to um i think that probably surprised him yeah but 10 shots 10 shots 10 shots seems a bit excessive. Like, I after the, maybe the first five, <laughs> you, you think know. five's enough? You know, how many times not fifty? Be... How many times did 50 Cent get shot and he made it? Oh, ex- eh. Well, good point. Good I don't point. know how many times he got shot. I forget. I don't but... even. But, you know, after about five times being shot, maybe you won't get up. Maybe you just see what's going on and seeing if he's just going to, you know, go peacefully into that good night. Apparently, no. Five more just for good measure. Well, yeah, you got to make sure. So... And then, and then people do the weirdest things with bodies I don't understand. So he take they, they lived in a mansion, by the way. They were well-to-do. So he takes his... leads to more questions. Oh, well, of course it does. So he takes his wife and kids' bodies, and he puts them on sleeping bags in the ballroom. Because that's where you put dead bodies, in the ballroom. And why on Isn't sleeping that bags? Clue? Isn't what? that what you always do in Clue? What, why would you put them on sleeping bags? Like, what is the purpose? At they this point, they're be... dead. Do you care? They have to be comfortable. I don't, I don't understand it. That or he didn't want to mess up the ballroom but, floor. But his mom, man, to hell with her, who cares? She just stayed in her apartment in the attic. Because whatever. She wasn't special enough to get a sleeping bag. Wow, she had an apartment in the attic. Yep. Wow. Yep. Got it. So then he sat down and he wrote a five-page letter to his pastor and said he saw too much evil in the world and he killed his family to save their souls. Um, and then he walked through the house and cut his picture out of every single family photo. That makes no sense. So does he not think that he's the evil in the world that he sees in the world? Hell no. Good he's point. doing the world a favor. Oh, my bad. What is wrong with you? He can't, Carrie... be as- he can't be associated with those losers and sleeping bags in the ballroom. Oh, God, no. You definitely don't want to be in the family so, photos anymore. No. God forbid they associate you. So remember, this happened on November 9th. Okay. Guess how long it took to find the bodies? Ew. Uh, all I'm thinking is stinky and and, and imploding bodies and. <laughs> so it took a month. Um, they were For found who? on December seventh. Who found the bodies? Well, here's the and thing. And where was he at the time? Because he ran. That uh, is what you do. You not know how to kill people and get I'm, away I'm with sorry. it. I'm sorry. You run I, away. I'm not well versed in in murder <laughs> or or how to proceed after so, a murder. Apparently, go to a bar. Well, yes, bars are important. Yeah, and eat your lunch. Um, nutrition don't forget nutrition and you have to have lunch with your beer and then I mean, run. let's be honest and then run okay well then that makes sense because i can't imagine he's just hanging out for a month with the stank coming off of his family oh no he left he was out he was out at five thousand. so the reason that it took so long the family was already reclusive so they a lot of the neighbors okay, didn't sense. see them you know it wasn't unusual they kept to themselves a lot i'm not sure about like extended family mm-hmm. but you don't always talk to your extended... I mean, now I think we are more in touch because of cell phones. But you're talking about back in the 70s. Like, After I don't think... podcast, I'm not sure I will be, but whatever. <laughs> well, we'll see what happens. No, good point. But where is he... Okay, if he lived in a mansion, where is he getting that money? Is it old money? Did he have to work for that money? Wouldn't somebody know he's not at work or, or doing his job? Well, let me tell you. He sent letters to both... The jobs, his his and his wife's jobs, and to the schools and said that there was a family emergency. Their grandmother was sick and they were going to be in North Carolina to take care of her. So Got he it. covered his bases there. Um, so nobody would 
immediately start calling. What about the letter to the pastor? Well, it was just sitting on the table. He didn't send uh, it. He just left it on the table for it. the pastor to find. Got it. He also, because back then you had milk deliveries and stuff like that. So back then, um, with all of that, he had to stop those too. So mm-hmm. he used the same excuse. We're going to be away. I need to stop my milk, my mail, and my newspaper. So no one really suspected anything. And what really caught people's attention was all the lights were on in the house. Every single one, which was unusual. And they thought it was weird because it was day and night these lights were on, but you don't know what people do in their house. People are weird. Yeah. Let's be honest. But then the lights started going out after a month. One by one, they just started going out. So then the neighbors were like, this is getting weirder, and called the police. And that's how they found them. That's interesting. Light bulbs gave me away. <laughs> when you say it like that, it sounds terrible. <laughs> well, really, I think that's fantastic. <laughs> so he went on the run, and he was smart. To take out his picture from all the family photos. Oh, they didn't, they didn't have any identifier. They had no and reliable photographs. Reclusive. Now the neighbors, I'm sure, could give a reliable. And I don't know again, but it doesn't tell, talk about extended families, so it's hard to say like if there was. It was hard to contact someone. I mean, he killed his mom. Who knows if he had brothers and sisters? Right. You know, I don't know how easy it would have been to find somebody who would have a, a recent picture of him. Mm. So you have all that. So cutting his picture out was actually a little smart. Then he took his car and dropped it at the JFK airport in New York City, but they couldn't find any evidence that he boarded a flight, so they couldn't figure out where he went from there. Dropping it at the airport's pretty smart, too, because it it's just going to blend in with the millions of other cars that are at JFK. Yep. So it's going to take a while to find it, and yep. then when they finally do find it, and they can't figure out where he went, well, I mean, your, your trail's cold at that there's, point. There's traffic in and out of JFK Airport. I mean, it's an airport. He could have gotten on a train, a taxi, any number of things at that point. And as you say this, what did he do? He took a train. And he went to Michigan first. And then he went to Colorado. And settled in Denver in 1972. And went by a different name. His name at that time was Robert Peter Clark. But oh. he went by Bob. Already. Bob. 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 So, he held a couple jobs, different jobs, and he joined the Lutheran Church. He had always been religious, um, clearly from the pastor's note. His family had been raised religious. So, he joined the Lutheran Church, and he met... Clearly, he knew right from wrong. (laughs) Did you not think it was right? He was saving their souls. But he didn't need to save his. He could keep going. He's probably a saint. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So, he met a woman, this poor woman... Named Dolores at a church function, because that's what you do. And in 1985, he married her. And in 1988, they moved to Virginia. 1989 comes along. And the best show in the world is on TV. America's Most Wanted. Do, do, do. So, John List was on America's Most Wanted. And this is someone you probably don't know, but again, some true crime people will know who this is. There's a guy named Frank Bender. And Frank Bender is a very well-known uh, sculptor who does forensic sculpting. Oh, very so, cool. Yeah, it's really cool. And um, he can take a photo or, or something like that and turn it into the, the bust of what the person would look like now. That's awesome. So he created an age-progressed clay bust, and it had such a close resemblance that they actually got a lot of calls. That's awesome. One of the neighbors in Denver recognized him wow. and called the police. Um, he was arrested on June 1st and denied his identity. He said, no, I'm, I don't know who you're talking I'm about. Bob. My name is Bob. 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 
I'm sh I'm surprised he didn't use Smith. Right? Yeah. Yeah. But Clark's pretty up there, too. It is. It is. So, Can't be too conspicuous <laughs> by using Smith. So he was arrested on June 1st. And it took him until February 16th, the following year, to say that it was truly him. Wow. He had been extradited to New Jersey. And the only reason he actually confessed is because they had solid fingerprint evidence to prove who he was. Um, so, when he went to court, he testified that he had been laid off of work and he couldn't face his family. So, what he did was every morning he would get up, follow his same routine, get breakfast, get his briefcase, head out the door, and pretend to still go to work. And instead, he would sit at the train station all day and read a newspaper, or he might go do some job interviews, but pretty much just wasted time till it was time to go home. He started taking money from his mother's accounts to pay the mortgage because he didn't have clearly, any. right. And he told his kids to get part-time jobs to help them learn maturity and responsibility, but really it was to help pay for the bills. Mm -hmm. Also, things are worse for John. Oh. Poor John. Poor John. Well, Helen, she had some issues. Helen, his wife, she suffered with alcoholism. Hmm. So it was pretty severe, per my understanding. But it could have been because of the syphilis that she contracted from her first husband. Oh, ouch. And she hid it. For 18 years, she told no one. Wow. How do you not notice? Oh, no. I She, well, the husband, you yeah. mean? Yeah, yeah. I don't know, because I don't actually know, like, what the physical signs of syphilis are. I'm not 100% sure on that. I've never had it, nor do I want it. Nope, so, I'm neither. good. Because that's one you don't get rid of. No. Yeah. So, uh, Helen had pressured him into marriage um, by claiming she was pregnant. So, they got married um, in Maryland, and that didn't require you to get a syphilis test, and a lot of other states did at the time. So, that she was like, we should get married. Oh, how about in Maryland? Just that, I just you know. like Maryland, you yeah. know. Maryland's great. So, get crabs while you're at it. <laughs> <laughs> Note to self, probably don't get tested or get married in Maryland if you want to know if your significant other has syphilis. Yeah, I don't think I had to get syphilis tested when I got married. I actually didn't have to get any testing when I got married, so. But I'm afraid for your husband. You should be. You should be. <laughs> he should be afraid. Yeah, that's true. Um. So, as time went on, her health was deteriorating, but she didn't say anything. She didn't tell him that she had syphilis. She knew, um, and I guess she had switched doctors, and she didn't tell them either until 1969. Um, so, that's a whole other aspect yeah. of all of this that, that kind of builds in. So, why did he kill his family? I think there were multiple reasons. I he understand the shame of losing your job, especially if you lived in a big old mansion. I get that. But to say you couldn't face them, you couldn't. You could face them to point a gun at their heads and shoot them in the face, but you couldn't face them to tell them the truth that you, you didn't have a job. I'm just saying. I don't understand it. Hmm. So, when all of this was happening, uh, Lists also said he was OCD. And so, he only saw two options in this situation. He could go on welfare, which was so objectionable because... The family would be exposed to ridicule. He would have to be a failure. So welfare was just Not out of the question. And the second option is just kill everybody. Yeah. Because well. those are the only two options there are in life. Yeah. Like, yeah. But, again, the shame is yours. And yet you 
continue to keep going? That makes no sense to me. Yeah, I don't understand. I don't. Um, I will never understand stuff like I killed them because I was embarrassed and ashamed. So, List was convicted of first-degree murder, um, five counts of it, and sentenced to five terms life imprisonment consecutive. And he did die in 2008 from complications from pneumonia. But that's John List in a nutshell. Uh, wow. America's Most Wanted, on the run. Gotta love it. Just proves that TV helps society. See, we <laughs> knew it did good for something. Yes. It's not, it doesn't just rot your brain. No, not only. It helps you convict murderers. It also. <laughs> not instead of. Also. <laughs> Who's next? All right. Next is Charlie Lawson. And, and this one I don't have a lot of information about. Um, it is uh, from 1929. Ooh, so old it, one. It's an old one. But he had seven victims. So that's a lot. Especially that's, in 1929. Yeah. Um, in 1911, Charlie married his wife, Fanny, and they had eight children. Gotta love the name Fanny. See? It's the children. Too many kids lead you to be a murderer. Well, his third child died due to illness, which, mm. you know, is sad. Yeah, so, is. seven kids. Shortly before Christmas, he took his family out, and they bought new clothes, and went and had their family picture portrait taken. But this is the 1920s. I was going to say, that had to have been an expensive thing Very back then. expensive and very unusual to do. Yeah. Because so, at that time, didn't you only get kind of pictures of death mostly? I think so, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so it was a big deal to get your picture taken. And um, on top of the fact that he had bought them all new clothes. I mean, that's that's a lot of money. Oh, that sounds like I'm preparing for something. Yeah, right? Like, this is our final picture. You yeah. just don't know it yet. So, on Christmas Day, because Christmas is apparently the worst time of year for families, um, he killed his daughters, Carrie, who was 12, and Maybelle, um, 7. He killed them first and shot them with a shotgun. And then, because that wasn't enough, he bludgeoned them. The gun's not going to do it. Your blunt object will. I mean, shouldn't the gun be enough, though? I would think. all I'm saying. Yeah. But whatever. Then he shot his wife. Because that's what you do. Yep. Um, she was only 37. Wow, young. She was sitting on the front porch, and he was just like, pow, see you later. Maria, his daughter, who was 17, she heard the shot, and she screamed. So, now... Finally! Someone who makes some, a noise. Somebody right? hears a gunshot. Someone who's alert. Uh, so, the two younger boys, James, who was four, and Raymond, who was two, they heard her scream, and so they took off, and they were trying to hide somewhere. Good, at least they had the wherewithal to do that. Maria screamed, but I don't think she ran or she didn't ran far or fast enough because he found her, shot her, and then he hunted the house and found the boys and killed them too. Oh, that sucks. Then the saddest one. Well, they're all sad. I shouldn't say that. That's terrible. Yeah. Um, he killed his daughter, Mary Lou, who was only four months old. Wow. Four months old. I mean, just a tiny little thing. Um, they weren't sure how he killed her because I think at that at that age and the damage, it would be hard to hard tell. Hard to tell, yeah. They think she was bludgeoned to death and not shot, but it's unclear. Plus, you're talking about the 20s. Yeah. So, forensic science wasn't what A it thing, is now. Then. So, after that, he was like, hmm, what do I do now? Go to a bar. No, he went to the woods. Oh. That's the second option. You gotta go hide in the trees. I guess, back then, the woods was a better option. In the 70s, you go to a bar. Okay, and you, have lunch. you might... You know what was the was when was prohibition? Was that around that, that was time? in the twenties? 
That might be he why. He couldn't go to a bar. He couldn't. The woods was the next option. I'm sure there was a still See, back then. See, we knew there was a reason exactly. he couldn't go to a bar. Um, so he goes in the woods. He just chills, I guess, for... I mean, I don't know what you do after you kill your family. In so, the woods, no less. Yeah, after a couple Forge hours. for berries? Because now you're starving. You probably are. He probably didn't eat lunch. That's probably the whole problem. Exactly. Um, Talk about hangry. <laughs> Somebody give that guy a Snickers. <laughs> that is terrible. Um, so there he is hanging out in the woods, and what's the next best thing to do? I'll just kill myself. I mean, you might as well, because... Why do you need to go to the woods to do it? I don't know. Why not just do it right there with the rest of your family? Exactly. Like, now they have to find you. Yeah. That's annoying. So, um, he actually had a son named Arthur, who was 16, who survived. And the reason he survived is because his father's like, Arthur, you need to go to the store for me. So, you kind of wonder why... What made Arthur special? Yeah, why did he send him to the store? Obviously, he sent him to the store to get him away from uh, the point at which he was going to murder everybody. But surely he came back relatively soon. Dad was gone in the woods somewhere. And now you've got a bunch of dead bodies to deal with. And that's the thing. Like, if if you were going to kill the whole family, I mean, you could have either not sent Arthur on an errand. Mm-hmm. Or when he got back, you could have <laughs> just killed him, too. So exactly. Perfect opportunity. Of, and and how, how terrible... To be the only survivor. Exactly. I just, Survivor's guilt. Ugh. That poor kid. I mean, that's just got to be terrible. And I want... To, do you think he looked for his dad at that point? Because at that point, his dad was gone. I think if I came into the house and my whole family was dead, I would just go running somewhere. Especially in the 20s when... I don't know if... I don't think they had phones. So, I mean, you had that's to go point. find police. I would be... I would just assume he was dead, too. Honestly. Yeah, that's a good Because I doubt you go in and you see, like, one person dead and you're like, let me check the house first. Yeah, no, that's, well, I mean, I don't, good point. I mean, but it's hard to know at that particular moment because I would be worried about, is somebody alive that I could help? That's you know, true. That's did, also true. Is it, did somebody break in and do this? Is my dad still alive somewhere? Like, I can't imagine, I hope the thought in my head would not be, well, dad did this. And if that is a thought in your head, I mean, that's kind of sad and yeah. just speaks volumes. Exactly. So in that case, yeah, he would flee somewhere else. So, they didn't really know why he did this. Um, there were several ideas of why he might have. At some point, he had a head injury, a pretty severe head injury, and a lot of people said he changed after. Mm. So, they don't know if it could be related to that. And back then, again, science. Not great. Yeah, so there's no way to really know that. But there was also another thought. Um, there were a lot of people, both family and friends, who said they were pretty sure he was... Um, molesting his daughter maria so gotta hide from that yep so it's hard to say but uh, and that one's short and brief but that was charlie you think she got pregnant and then he was trying to hide it by just killing everyone it wouldn't be the first time right good point i mean that does happen and yep. sadly probably more than we would like it to yep all right i'm gonna tell you about a family okay called the Rosowskis. Don't ask me to spell it because I would never be able to. <laughs> um, Don't ask me to say it. But uh, the Rosowski family. So the Rosowski family, the uh, person who killed people, that was David. Um, David got a little upset. This was around 2011. So more recent. More recent mm. case. We're bouncing around a little. Got it. Did he um, have eight kids? No. <laughs> Actually. That ruins my theory. <laughs> He only had to. Only. Um, so he met his wife, Isabella, 
in 2004. And um, he had been born in Poland. So oh. he was overseas. And I believe that's where he met Isabella. Um, and then he moved to Jersey. And when I read that, I thought New Jersey. But it wasn't. It was uh, St. Helier, Jersey in the Channel Islands. Because we're, we're from the U.S., so Jersey's Jersey. Yeah, Dirty exactly. Jersey, you know. So where the hell is that? In the Channel Islands. That's all I got for you. I don't do oh, geography. Right. Because let me tell you. I'm going to have to go look that up. <laughs> <laughs> so um, after he, he met Isabella, they moved to Jersey to live with her father. And they got married in 2005. They had two ki- kids, Kinga and Casper, which are cute names, actually. I, I kind of like them. In June 2011, 2011, Isabella confessed that she had an affair. Which, Ooh. you know that never goes well. No, why? if you're going to have an affair, just don't. Just leave. Just yeah. break up. Seriously. But don't, don't, you know, you're not making anything better. No, and, and I firmly believe that as well. I mean, if you're going to cheat, you're, you're done. Yeah. You're just, just done. Just leave. So she had an affair. And so what's the most logical thing to do when your spouse has an affair? You go, hey, me too. <gasps> so he went out and had an affair. Um, he yeah, had a, you know, the tit for tat. Exactly. So he had a one night stand and then promptly told her because you have to rub it in her face. Um, I can do this too. Yep. <laughs> Anything you can do, I can do better. <laughs> um, I'm sorry. Uh, so that was in June, 2011. In July, 2011, he was so upset about everything happening that he attempted suicide. He Aww. tried to take a bunch of antidepressants, um, and he was taken to the hospital, and he stayed for one night and then was sent home. They took a two- to three-week holiday to Poland, the family, Hmm. um, and apparently just had a great time. I mean, everything seemed really good. It was a great experience. Everyone was happy, and then they came home, and the day they came home, he just killed people. He, he, they invited the neighbor and Isabella's best friend, her name was Marta, for a barbecue, um, they were like, come over, you know, we're, we're coming home. Like, we want to hang out with our friends. And Marta brought her five-year-old daughter, Julia. David took two knives and just went to town. I mean, he just started killing people. He killed Isabella's father, Merrick, who was 55. He was lying on the couch, just relaxing. And David came up and stabbed him nine times. Wow. Then he killed his son, Casper, by stabbing him 16 times. Do you think he came back as a friendly ghost? <laughs> Sorry. Oh, bad joke. Very bad. Sorry. Continue. Okay. Then he killed his daughter, Kinga, and um, the neighbor's daughter, Julia, by stabbing them both 13 times. This is quite excessive stabbings. It is. It is. And Kinga was only two at the time. Um, so. Like, find an artery. Like, find an artery and just, just slash it. Make it easy. Yeah. Why, why the excessive? I don't understand it. And and that's a, that's the other thing. Like, I mean, you stab somebody 16 times, 13 times. You're talking about, I know it's seconds, but it's got to feel like forever. Yeah. So Isabella, you know, heard some of this happening and she ran off. She she was out the door. She was like, Again, this. good. Somebody with some sense. Well, it was only sort of good. Um, all the neighbors could hear her screaming and he chased her down the street and while people were just watching he stabbed her to death um they tried to stop him but i think in a frenzy that doesn't work usually so 
um, yeah, just in front of everybody, just killed her. And I think after she was dead, they, they stopped him. Um, like how, I mean, this guy obviously is branding a knife Yeah. and, but how do you, like, I understand shock and stuff, but it's kind of like, I hope if I were ever put into that situation, I'd have the wherewithal to, you know, do something, to step in, to try and help. But, you know, I do understand the shock factor of you can't even imagine that this is happening right in front of you. I mean, I would like to think I would do something, too, but you just never know until you're in that situation. Exactly. I remember, and this is this is off topic, well, sort of a little. Um, in Philly, it was years and years ago. I just remember this guy walked up to this girl with a baseball bat and hit her. Like I mean, he just wailed her. And people were around and nobody did a thing. And it was all over the news. It was crazy. And I want to think I would. Yeah. But you just don't know. It's true. Like I said, shock does a lot. Does does wear things to people. But, you know, I find nowadays people are more interested in pulling out their phones and taking a video than actively getting involved. That is 100% true and so sad. It, it is. So sad. So so the neighbor was came to the barbecue. Did the neighbor get killed or just so, her kid? She was killed. Um, she made it out of the house and she had crawled to a neighbor's doorstep where they found her later. Wow. Um, after he had killed his wife, he went back home because that's what you do. So I was wrong. The neighbors didn't stop him. Oh, geez. He went back home and then he thought, hmm, I'm just going to stab myself a bunch now. That, that takes a lot of will, I feel. It really does, right? I mean, you have to be pretty... You, you To to overcome the will to live, like, I know you, I can I can deal with a lot of pain, but to put myself in voluntary pain, like, you know, waxing, uh, it's really <laughs> hard to do because I know what I'm in for. I know I can deal with the pain. It's just knowingly putting myself through that, that my body's like, eh, how about no? So I feel like you have to have an incredible amount of will um, to be able to just kind of stab yourself. Just go to town. Well, and he stabbed himself in the chest and to the point that his lung collapsed. So, I mean, that's pretty yeah. pretty good. I mean, A for effort, but sadly he survived. Um, this whole the... thing, this whole thing, 15 minutes. That's it. What? Right. It's It all happened so fast. And so 15 minutes, this whole thing happens, and then the police show up. It's five minutes later. So I can't imagine how fast he was stabbing people. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's true. I mean, but I think it just is a lot faster than people think. I mean, it's a frenzy. Like, it totally makes you understand that word and and what it means. Yeah, it makes you appreciate that that terminology. But again, I mean, like... Looks up some medical things, you know, find an artery, one slash, you're done, they're going to bleed out, you know, there's there's little possibility of survival. Why make it this big thing? Unless, again, there's there's just, it's, it's not so much about the killing as it is about the rage, but what was he so upset about? Like, I understand your wife cheated on you, and then you went around and did the same thing. Right, like, so how can you just be that upset, like, if you're just going to go do the same thing? Exactly. Like I, That's my personal opinion. I would but think... I understand, like, maybe it's the end of your life and your family, but again, that's not cause to kill people. I'm yeah. Sorry. Life happens, and it you does. You, you, exactly, you do. So, he pleaded guilty to manslaughter due to diminished capacity, which sucks. What does that mean? Um, it's Kind of like insanity, but not. Like, he was so out of his head, he just didn't understand. Not that he was insane, he just 
couldn't process. He couldn't understand what was happening. Um, I don't know how you cannot understand that there's a knife in your hand and you're stabbing it into your family. Well, and he should have been sentenced to murder, not manslaughter. But this is yeah. what happens when you plead guilty and you get reduced sentence. I mean, that's why a lot of people plead guilty is the reduced sentence. I get that, but still, dang. So he was sentenced to life in prison, 30 years for each victim. So, I mean, that that is a lot. Uh, and they were concurrent, so... You have that kind of going against you. I mean, 30 years for each victim sounds good, but when it's concurrent, yeah, then it's you're 30 serving, years. Yeah, you're so, only serving 30 years, and I'm sorry, that's that okay. doesn't seem like enough. This might be cold, but he's dead anyway, so who cares? He, oh. hung, he hung himself in prison in 2018. So how long, I wonder how long it took the shame and stuff to get to him that he hung himself. Or do you think it was like prison that broke him down? Do you think it was prison? He was just like, I can't deal with this anymore. I'm out. No, I think it was guilt, honestly. I mean... Well, let me, let me go backwards. I would like to think it's guilt. Yeah. You know, I would like to think that people have that kind of emotion to mm-hmm. feel it and to know, you know, what you did was wrong and, and to feel bad. But sometimes I'm not sure that is what it is. Yeah. And I, I understand the religious aspect and, and so to, to people that say that suicide is wrong and you're going to hell. But um, when you've murdered your whole family, I think that kind of goes out the window. That, I would tend to theory. agree. I would tend to agree. So that was uh, the Rosowski family. Wow. All right, next we have David Brom. David uh, killed four people. He is from Rochester, Minnesota. Hmm. Um, 1988, the night before, uh, February 18th, the night before that, he got into a fight with his dad. Uh, 3 a.m., he was awake. And I guess the fight had eaten at him. So he was like, I'm just going to kill everybody with an axe. That's intriguing. Yeah. Um, you know, you just you just get mad. Now, 1988, he would have been 17 at the time. So, a teenager. I mm-hmm. mean, so, I, you know, teenagers don't always think clearly. But at 17, you would think you would. You would think you'd have enough clarity to know, after I kill my family, what am I to do? Well, here's the thing for me. You fought with your dad and you're mad at your dad. Why'd you kill everybody? Yeah. So, because he killed his father, who was 43, his mother, Paulette, who was 42, his sister, Diane, who was 13, and his brother, Richard, who, who was 11. What do you need to kill your siblings for? Like, you're mad at your parents. It, it, now, some people will say because they didn't want the siblings to survive in that scenario, blah, 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 whatever, but honestly, it's just stupid. Yeah, I can't, I can't think of a situation where I was like, uh, I'm mad at my mom, I'm gonna kill everybody! So there's a little bit of background here that could potentially explain things, but Ah. I don't really think so. Um, he never gave a motive. He never really came out and said, you know, this is why I did it. But there were a lot of speculation. Um, one of the things they thought was it was over his chores, that he was just mad about doing chores. Which... Has happened in other circumstances, in other cases, and that is the most ridiculous reason to kill someone. I was going to say, you don't want to do your chores. Wait until you work. Um, You're going to kill your boss because you don't want to do your job? Don't give people ideas. Oh, sorry. (laughs) Um, His dad disliked his music. His parents were very religious. So, you know, there was a little bit of tension there. And Says every parent to every child that ever existed. Yeah, very true. 
this is where um, I see maybe some things coming into play is that his brother Joe was 18 and he had moved out of the home and under very bad circumstances. Things were just not good with the parents. They were fighting all the time um, and Joe moved out and they kind of didn't really talk to each other. David was close to Joe. You know, he mm-hmm. looked up to his brother and he was pretty upset when he moved out. And David actually attempted suicide twice after wow. that. Um, so he was I'm pretty torn up about it. So I kind of lean towards that being more of the reason, like the, the family volatile situation and feeling like things are falling apart. And I get that to a certain extent, but like... Again, his brother moved out at 18. He had the legal right to move out. Obviously, things not good. I'm sure him being close to his brother, he would have been like, hey, dude, you know, once you get a chance, you come out, we'll figure this out together type of thing. And if he tried to commit suicide, is anybody trying to help him? Obviously, he's crying for help. All these people trying to commit suicide and not succeeding. He needs some help. And what are, what are the parents doing to try and help him? I still don't understand the justification for the siblings. I don't either. I mean, that's one of those things where I just won't understand it. So, this is how they found out. This is crazy. Um, The teachers at school had heard rumors, and they called the police. That is how they found out that something was going wrong. David was gone, and um, they asked police to do a welfare check. And the reason this all came out was David had confessed to his friend about it, and you know how the rumor mill works. Of course. Word just got around. It's Mm -hmm. high school, for God's sake. So... Everybody talks, and then the teachers get wind of it, and there you go. So, what was David doing, living in the house just by himself with his dead family? Um, I think, I don't think so. I mean, he was found pretty quickly. It was within a day or so, and I think he had just kind of gone around to friends' houses and, you know, went for a walk or whatever. Yeah, I really think that's all he did. And because he was underage, they were going to charge him as a juvenile, but because everything was so severe, I mean, he killed them with an axe. It's like Lizzie Borden. Right. Um, and at 17, you're, you're, you're getting to that age where, you know, you can't claim, oh, I was, t- it was just a joke. <laughs> you laugh, but, you know, <laughs> you know, that has happened too. Um, so... They moved him to adult court, so he was like, what can I do now? So he was like, oh, well, I'm insane. That's what I'll do now. And the court was like, yeah, no, I don't think so. So he was convicted and sentenced to three consecutive life sentences and one concurrent one, um, which is always interesting to me when they do it that way because, like, but why? Why? Yeah. Um, Either way, he'll be eligible for parole, but not until he's 70. So more than likely, he's not going to make it out. And that's David. All right. So next up is a pretty recent case. So recent that it has not been resolved in court. It's actually being heard in court right now. Wow. But it is interesting enough to me to have to share it for this. Sweet. Let's hear it. So this guy, his name is Anthony Todd. But some people call him the Disney dad. Which... (gasps) No! Don't tell me it's the guy that makes all the Disney dresses for his kid. Oh, no. No, not that Disney dad. (laughs) No, sorry. (laughs) Sorry, that guy. (laughs) No, no, no. Thank goodness. At least I don't think so. Um, So, they had a house in Celebration, Florida. Have you ever heard of Celebration, Florida? Now, I had never heard of it, actually. Wow, it's its own town in Florida. Um, They have their own fire department. They have their own police department. It's their own little, like, community within a community in Florida. So, it's actually kind of cool. I was there... 
for a little while doing a drum corps uh, audition. Um, but yeah, it, it's kind of cool. Yeah, and it was all set up by Disney. Yeah. Um, which is, and now it's not like owned by Disney anymore. No. But um, it, it's kind of crazy, uh, this little town. It seems kind of cool. And um, I believe it's pretty expensive to live there. Because my understanding so. is that their rent was $4,900 a month. Dang. Who can afford 40 God. Okay, if y'all can afford $4,900 a month, hit me up. Right? We gotta talk. That's awesome. Um, so, and they lived here part-time, so they had another home. What? Yes. They so also... they were super banging. I'm just saying, because they had a house in Connecticut, too. Wow. Um, he was a physical therapist, and he owned his own business. His wife was also a physical therapist, I think oh. a massage therapist. Um, and apparently their business was doing pretty well. I would um, think. Two houses. Yeah. Things seem to be good. I mean, if you read reviews from people about their business, like, everyone loved them. Um, so things were good. Uh, this guy decided to kill his family. Again, near Christmas. Why? What is it with Christmas? I don't like, know. you don't want to pay for presents or something? <laughs> and like, what's your deal? <laughs> Part of the thing with Christmas, like, they say it's a really hard time of year for people with depression and things like that. Yeah. But, I don't but again, know. It does seem I don't, to be I don't a go running time. around, I have depression, I, Christmas sucks, but I don't go running around thinking, oh, let's just kill everybody. Give it time. Oh, okay. <laughs> Maybe I need to have eight children first. Actually, yes, probably. Yeah. Even, at least four. Um, so this was December 2019. He killed his family. Um... It was kind of odd. They uh, told people, the family, well, he had told people, I should say, that everybody in the family had the flu. So they weren't really talking to people because they actually did talk to their family. Hmm. So people were expecting to talk to them. I mean, it's Christmas. It's Christmas, yeah. Um, so on... Yeah, but the flu doesn't prevent you from talking on the phone. No, it doesn't. And I think that... The whole idea was we just don't feel well enough to talk okay. to people or whatever. Okay. I can buy that. Um, his family got a little weirded out by the fact that they had nerve from, especially around Christmas. So on December 29th, they asked for a welfare check. Mm-hmm. Well, the um, police come to do a welfare check. They get no answer. There's nothing suspicious. I mean, people travel. And they knew that they had another house in Connecticut. So they're like, they could have, they're adults. They could have traveled to their other house and not told anybody. It happens. Yeah. You know, maybe they spur of the moment decided to go do something fun. Yeah, but usually snowbirds, people that have two houses, one generally in Florida, referred to as snowbirds, are generally in Florida at around the winter holiday because they don't want to deal with winters up north. But you never know. Yeah. So unless there's something suspicious like the door is broken or there's blood everywhere... They didn't see anything, so no one answered, nothing suspicious. They were just like, there's nothing we can do. Um, They couldn't break in, because again, nothing suspicious. So, the family was uh, last heard from, and when I say the family, I just mean the husband, Anthony or Tony, Mm -hmm. on January 6th. On January 6th, he was like, "Um, everyone's still sick, we're fine. He had pretty much blown people off. Mm-hmm. Um, the family didn't get found until January 13th. And it was because the family kept calling. The extended family kept calling and being like, good for them. Do a welfare check. Yeah. Something's going on. We don't understand what's going on. 
And actually, that's not even true. I'm lying to you. It wasn't because of that. That was part of it. The other part was Anthony got himself in a little bit of trouble because Anthony thought the coolest thing he could do was commit insurance fraud with his business. So he submitted all these claims through insurance saying that he'd perform these services that he never performed. Hmm. Um, and I mean, like, a crazy amount. I want to say one of them was, like, he charged somebody for 178 sessions that he didn't have any sessions with. That's a lot of sessions. It's a, like, you're not you're not chipping them out of, like, two sessions. Like, physical therapy, if you have to take 178 sessions of physical therapy, something is seriously wrong. Like, you're not walking. You have atrophied your muscles. And that's what, like, if you would have said five, you might have got away with it. But 178, like, you're insane. So, that's a bit much. Exactly. So, um... Reel it in, murderers. Reel it in. <laughs> yeah. Don't go excessive. Be simple. Um, the FBI was involved. And the FBI was looking for him to have a conversation with him about it. Um, he was also being evicted from his home due to not paying rent. So, the okay. landlord was looking for him. Um, and she had called the police. Connecticut or Celebration? I believe in Celebration. Okay. Um... So she was looking for him, too. Couldn't get a hold of him. They believe what he did was gave his family Benadryl, probably mixed in food, something mm -hmm. like that, to make them all tired. And then he stabbed them all to death. Um, you're talking about his wife, Megan, who was 42, uh, his son, Alec, who was 13, Tyler, who was 11, Zoe, who was 4, and just for kicks, their dog, Breezy, too, because why would you kill the dog? What did the dog do? And the worst part for me is... He lived with them, with these bodies, for weeks. So how do you how do you get by the smell? At some point, I would think someone would notice the smell. You would, you would think that. And the um, one of the things I read about this was I think it was Alec was actually mummified by the time they found him. So it had to have been. I think for mummification, you have to get like hot, dry air, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, you're in Florida. Yeah, so you would think yeah. the smell would be It would be really bad, yeah. You would think. But apparently he even slept in the same room with them. Because he had put all the wow. bodies into one room. So they were all, uh, like, in beds, covered up in blankets. And um, he slept in the room with them. I don't know if in the same bed or what, but he slept in the room with them. Um, which So that suggests some sort of care to even do that much. You would think... Um, so, again, what what was his reasoning behind it? Well, and because this is still going to um, trial, mm -hmm. not everything's come out. So, it, things may start to come out. Different things have, obviously. Things happen. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that he came out, one of the first things he came out and said was, um, actually, he did confess. Oh, good. But the law is very fickle. He didn't get properly Mirandized. Oh, no. <laughs> the cop didn't have the card with him. So he tried to do it from memory and missed part. So technically, he didn't get a proper Miranda. And so nothing his is confession is inadmissible. So when they came back and they did the proper Miranda, it didn't really matter anymore. Um, then he came out and he wrote a, he, I, I don't remember if it was he wrote a letter or he talked to his dad on the phone. And he was like, well... The thing is, like, I didn't want to ruin her reputation, but Megan killed all the kids. And, um, then she killed herself because she couldn't live with herself for what she did. And if that was the case, 
Why wouldn't you call the police? Immediately. Right? I, because he didn't want to ruin her reputation. She ruined it herself, as far yeah, as I'm concerned. Exactly. But, and she doesn't have a reputation. She's dead now. And there's that. So, why, what's she I, trying to live up to? And and aren't you ruining your reputation by not coming exactly. out? So, that makes that you just so many questions. some sort of psycho. Well, and he is some sort of psycho. And it gets worse. So, like I said, this trial's happening right now. But things have come out since all of this happened. Because um, it was just a couple years ago. What they found out, and or, or what people found out is that his father was actually convicted of hiring a former student to kill his mother in 1980. His mother survived. Um, they shot her in the eye. She lost her eye. Wow. I don't know how she didn't die. Yeah. But she survived. And at the time, Anthony was four and he saw this whole thing happen. He saw his mother get shot in the face. Wow. So there's obviously a genetic component going on here. And that's truly traumatizing for a child. I mean, like, how traumatizing would that be to be four years old and see your mother shot but not only that your dad's obviously a wannabe murderer so it's not all that a hard of a leap to think that you might have gotten that trait his dad was in jail he's actually out now but his dad was in jail for a long time and um so who raised him his mother oh his one-eyed mom yeah his one-eyed mom (laughs) (laughs) that's so wrong sorry that's (laughs) terrible But uh, I, I'm actually following this case a little bit because I, I find it very interesting. And uh, he is being charged with um, four counts of murder. And he is getting an animal cruelty charge as well. Good, good. It's really important to stick to those animal cruelty car- charges because animals are just as innocent as children. They, you know, a dog's love is is the only unconditional love I've ever seen or felt in my entire life. And to think that we can be so cruel as a species to them is is unbelievable. So, yay for that. Yeah, well, don't get sad, but eventually we might do a a category of um, ones that killed the dog. Because, unfortunately, it is a common thing where if they're going to kill everybody, they're killing the dog, too. That's terrible. Why you got to kill the dog? Horror movies. I can take a horror movie. It's fine. Don't kill the animals. Agreed. So we are on our last case. And this is the Bever family. Have you heard of this case? No. It is a little bit crazy. Um, Because some of the previous ones weren't. No. None of them. (laughs) They're all completely normal. Absolutely. So this took place in July of 2015. And this was in Broken Arrow, Oklahoma. July 22nd. A 911 call came through, and it was 12-year-old Daniel Bever. And Daniel said his brother was attacking his whole family. Hmm. And then the line goes dead, which is not a good sign. No, that does not bode well for him. The officers get there. They hear a faint voice calling for help. They find Crystal, who was 13, bleeding from multiple stab wounds. Um... Surprisingly survived. I mean, I believe, and, and I'll, I'll get to it in a little bit, but I do believe that they told, they tried to th- slit her throat. Wow. So, the fact that she survived is pretty, pretty amazing. She's um, going to be wearing scarves the rest of her life. She may be. So, she was still alive, and she was able to tell them that two of her brothers were the attackers. Her brothers, Robert and Michael. Wow. Robert was 18, and Michael was 15 at the time. So, they killed their father, Daniel Bever, 
with 28 stab wounds. 28? 28. Uh, They killed their mother, April Bever, who was 42. Blunt force trauma and 48 stab wounds. Because the blunt force trauma wasn't enough. No, not at all. Uh, Daniel, who had made the 911 call, he was 12. They killed him with 21 stab wounds. Wow. Christopher Bever, who was 7, 21 stab wounds. And Victoria Bever, who was 5, with 23 stab wounds. Um, Crystal survived, like we said. Mm -hmm. They had slit her throat and stabbed her in the stomach and arms. Mm. Autumn Bever, who was 2, was not harmed. Now, there's some debate about why she was unharmed, because I believe the brothers later... um, Admitted that they had planned to decapitate her. Wow. But they got so caught up in what was going on that they forgot. So, luckily, Autumn survived. Good unharmed. for her. Uh, but, it, you know, that seems like something, while in your, in the midst of your murderous rampage, you might not want to forget that kind of thing. This was very planned. Um, the brothers had planned it for a long time. And it's hard to say who started it, but it seems to be that Robert had the suggestion and Michael... Kind of just went with it. And later on it comes out that it's possible that Michael was afraid Robert would kill him too. That maybe Robert said that to him. But again, you never know. Exactly. But I mean, Um, one would surmise the older would be the more responsible party. Yeah, you would think. So they had been collecting body armor and knives. I mean, they they were planning this. At that age, how do you collect body armor without anyone noticing? I don't know. Knives, um, I get, because you can pretty readily go to a knife, get a knife. Mm-hmm. But body armor, that's not something you could just go to Walmart and get. Well, and this is what else is stupid, right? Well, like, wait, they were... what state were they in? Maybe in... In Oklahoma. Maybe in Oklahoma. You can buy body armor from Walmart. Who knows? So they, they ordered some guns. Oh. But then they found out you had to be 21 to get them. Yeah. So they had been delivered to a store. They couldn't go get them. But at the same time, they had also ordered ammo, over 2,000 rounds of ammo, that was supposed to be delivered, I believe it was the day after this took place. So they, I guess they couldn't wait? Well, if you're going to have 2,000 rounds of ammo delivered to your house, you might want to get rid of the evidence of why you wanted the ammo to begin with, because that might raise a little bit of questions. Yes. Yes, it might. So I guess they were, at that point, they were under a constricted time limit and had to make do. That's true. That's true. So, it seems almost like um, it was it was planned, but like the at the time it happened, it was just the opportunity. Um, basically, April, the mother, told Crystal, can you go upstairs and tell your brothers that they need to do the dishes? Um, so, she goes up there and she says, you know, Mom wants you guys to do the dishes. Michael uh, told her to look at something on the computer. He was going to show her something, and Michael said to Robert, should we do it now? And Robert said yes. So he, Robert approached her from behind and slit her throat. She fought back, and he just kept stabbing her. Um, She got away. She ran away screaming and went to the front door. She heard her mother scream, but she did make it outside. Unfortunately, they found her and dragged her back in. And her wounds were so bad that some of her inter- internal organs were protruding from her abdomen. Wow. So, I mean, they messed her up pretty good. Uh, after that, they left her. I guess they figured she'd die. And they went and stabbed April, the mother who fought back. Robert asked Michael where the other kids were. 
and he said they were hiding. Um, Christopher and Victoria had ran to a bathroom and locked themselves in, and Michael went and knocked on the door and said, let me in, he's going to kill me. Um, the kids opened the door because that's their brother. Right. You know, and they don't want him to get hurt. And he, they op- opened the door, let him in, and he killed them. Wow. Michael killed them both. Michael then went to his father's home office. Um, Daniel, the 12-year-old, was locked in, the one who had made the call to 911. And he did the same exact thing. He was like, he's going to hurt me. Please mm-hmm. let me in. And Robert was right behind him, and he looked at Robert, and he said, he's all yours. And Robert killed him. Um, the father came out of his room. I'm sure he heard all of this happening. And Robert killed him as well. They ran to the creek behind the house and tried to hide, but the police had search dogs out. Um, clearly, they knew something very bad was happening. Yeah. So the search dogs were out. And, and I'm just going to say this to you now. Don't run away from police dogs. Who does that? They are terrifying. <laughs> yeah. Okay? Well, they attack. Yes. They, they, they are have, terrifying. You know. They're meant to attack. You tell them to go and they go. Yeah. I mean, I I would never, I would just give up. So Michael, the younger one, was convicted of five counts of first degree murder, one count of assault and battery with intent to kill, and he was sentenced to life in prison with the possibility of parole for each murder and 28 years for assault, and these were consecutive. Um, Robert pled guilty to five counts of murder, one assault, And he tried to take responsibility for everything. He said, you know, I'm the one who did it all. But Michael, I think, had admitted his part and then later tried to go back. Eh, Um, And he clearly killed two of the children, at least, on his own. And you have the, the, you know, the the word of the, the daughter or the sister that, you know, said they were both involved. Right, and, and there's actually photos of them um, after the crime when the police got them, and they are just covered in blood, both of them. How could you not be? With stabbing, t- each uh, one was stabbed like 20-some times. It's like, terrible. Again, excessive. So, Robert was sentenced to life in prison without the possibility of parole for each murder and life sentence for the assault. They told police they had a goal to go on a killing spree after they killed their family and kill at least 50 to 100 people. So, this was not and again, the idea, the thought is that it was Robert. Mm-hmm. Robert was the one who really wanted to do this, and Michael just kind of went along. Right. But my thing on that is, you had to have some inclination. If you were, if you came to me tomorrow, Carrie, and you were like, "I want to go kill fifty people," I would tell you to go fuck yourself. So I'm just saying, like, somewhere you had to have wanted to. Now I know where the line in our friendship goes. I'll help you bury a body, but I'm not <laughs> killing people with you. Well, not only that, but uh, the killing spree. Okay, first of all, I don't understand why you admit to the want of the killing spree after you've already admitted to all these murders. But whatever. Um, killing spree with knives, not exactly that effective. You kind of need to have people in a small, small, you know, area in order to be able to stab people. So the only thing that one could think is that that's what all the guns were for. Were for the after the killing spree. But obviously... They couldn't get the guns because they weren't old enough. And how you get that far down the line without realizing you have to be 21, you know, Don't even go on me. the stupidity factor because we can just open a, a can of worms there. Okay? Yeah, exactly. I mean, I don't think when you commit crimes that you are the brightest bulb right? to begin with. Um, yeah. So Robert tried to hang himself in 2017. Uh, clearly failed, just like everything else. And... um. 
in July of 2019, he just proved how freaking nuts he is. Because he tried to attack two of the prison staff with a shank. Nobody got hurt. They they got him, but he got three additional life sentences. Do you think that was an attempt at, you know, being killed by the police? Like, if he attacks them, that they, the guards might kill him in... And that was an attempted suicide? So, I don't think so, because I just think he's batshit crazy. Yeah, well, obviously. But it's possible. I mean, it wouldn't be unheard of. The only good thing about any of this is that Crystal and Autumn, they did get adopted by the same family. And it's been a while since I read it, but I do believe it was, like, the um, someone who was involved in the case who adopted them. Oh, that's awesome. So, they did get to stay together, which is great. And um, there's not a whole lot of updates on them, but... Uh, I think not long after the trial, like, Crystal came out and you, you know, she basically was trying to show people she was okay. Yeah. Um, well, I imagine they would want to be out of the limelight. I mean, imagine absolutely. that being what people, everybody knows about you. Yeah. And, and I, you know, as facetious as I was being about this, she's going to wear scarves. All like, can you imagine having a scar across your throat and having people ask you why? And like having to, to ex- exactly, you're not going to stop other people. So having to relive that, you're every day of your of your life and at least one you you went with you got adopted with your sister so you have somebody that understands your pain and especially if it was by someone that understood the case and had some involvement in the case they will have some empathy and understanding of what these children have been through and to you know how to cater to the fact that they are going to be so messed up yeah yeah i can't imagine and i can't imagine um how like i would never talk to my brother again but there are cases of especially like parents where the kids have tried to kill the parents and failed mm-hmm. and the parents defend them and i can't understand that kind of a thing i maybe i no i just don't understand it i can't either but i'm not a parent so and you're a pseudo parent um parent of, of stepchildren um so but i think it's different when it's biological like you know, I've Isn't seen, well, you know, I think you get into this weird realm where it's your child and you love them no matter what. It's you bore them, you know, everything that they do, you know, you're going to support them and try to help them. And I get that to a certain extent. But when it comes to addictions, when it comes to this kind of behavior, like you're just enabling them and you're not holding them responsible if you support them through these things you can support them by trying to help them but not support them in allowing them to continue down the road of you know of destroying themselves and how you look past i mean because i think parents you know when they their kids get older they still see the child that they, they they raised they still see the little boy or the little girl that they knew and loved back then and they still think that that's in there somewhere and to a certain extent it might but those people are are better you know people than I am because I'm not sure I could do that I know I couldn't because I'm going to tell you now that I have a fine line and when I say a fine line I mean it takes a lot to get there Mm -hmm. but I will never be that like person or that parent who turns around and says not my kid my kid would never right because my kid probably would um, and I don't say that about, like, my kids specifically. But yeah. you don't know. You and don't. people do things you don't expect all the time. Exactly. And it, I know for me, like, 
at a certain age with every child, you know, you give them boundaries, you try to raise them right. But at a certain point, they have their own mind, they have their own free will, and they're going to do what they're going to do. And it's not your, it's not a reflection of who you are as a parent, necessarily, of how they decide to live their lives and what they decide to do with their life, including becoming a murderer, you know, that's not on the parents, you could be the most God rearing people, you know, known to man, but your kids should still end up being a murderer. We have no idea how that switch flips and what turns a normal person thinking, you know, they want to kill some, kill another human being. Maybe it's me. I don't have enough self-confidence to think I have any right to take anybody's life. So if for no other reason, um, I could never get away with it because my hair would be everywhere. That's true. So it would that's be a lost true. cause. I would just be caught immediately. You're, you're a DNA nightmare. I am a DNA nightmare. You I have to totally shave your head. Agree. And everything else. Yeah, I still think it would, like, little tiny hairs would yeah, fall that, out. I just don't think I would win. Like, maybe true. if I wax it. Maybe. Maybe oh, if I there wax you go. it. But then you have to get over that whole waxing, putting yourself in pain thing, which we already discussed. Yeah, that's anyway. true. So let me ask you, uh, which case did you think was the most interesting? Wow. Wow. There's, there's so, there's so variety. There's so much variety in the cases. Um... I, I think the DeFeo case, obviously, has been talked to, to to death, so that's not all that interesting to me. But, you know, it is very interesting. I think the guy, um, I forget his name, but the guy who decided to have incest with his and raise his, his kids that Jesus was vamp was a vampire. Marcus Weston? Yeah. You should see a picture of him. It, he, he has, like, these huge gray dreads and... Wow. Because I can't... Because it, it's not just that he's a murderer... It's not just that, you know, there's incest. There's just something really broke in that guy's mind to, to do a handwritten Bible where Jesus is a vampire. Like, I almost understand the leaf to get there, but damn. Yeah, I kind of want to read the handwritten Bible. I'm not even going to lie. Right? Just out of curiosity. Not because yeah, I believe it or, obviously, you know, well, <laughs> one would hope. You one never know. Hope. I might get involved in a cult. You know? It's it. There's always. I don't think I am too damn stubborn to to be. I'm like the worst cult person ever because I'm too damn stubborn to accept what anybody tells me. So you won't I, just I, give up your money and your life. No, 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 no. I don't trust people. Um, now I really don't trust people and half my family. Um, <laughs> after this, after this podcast. So and and I'm just too stubborn. I don't. Uh, you know. I don't believe what other people tell me just because they tell it to me you know i have i have my own faith in things but that comes from within it, it has nothing to do with anybody else so i think sorry cults out there i'm not not a good not a good member prospect you'll have to you'll have to go somewhere else no recruiting no mm -mm. bummer all right well i think this has been fun uh it's definitely been a little longer than we planned definitely um, so i might have to cut down some of my info next time <laughs> But uh, I thought it was pretty interesting. Yeah, I liked it. Thank you. Thank you, Sandy, for all your research and everything that um, made me as scared of my own family. And um, I look forward to next time. Me too. Guys, we hope you listen and you enjoy as well. And we'll talk to you all soon. Bye. Bye.